Um, just a couple of, of announcements we want to um, to reiterate. Um, <clears throat> Forty days of prayer. Everybody get one last week, okay? If you didn't raise your hand, then I'll get one to you, okay? We got um, John Dale. Y'all want to table out right there? Get those that's raising their hands a a um, forty day of prayer started last Sunday, so we already in um, a week of it. Um, it's got seven things here: volunteers serving joyfully, heirs to be filled, and we'll stop right there. Put the plug in for tonight at five thirty. If you this is listen to me carefully now. If you are a volunteer that has volunteered for the last year at Happy Home Church in any capacity, okay, you are invited tonight. If you are the husband of a wife, husband or a wife of a volunteer, you can come too. Okay? But tonight is for volunteers that have volunteered for the last year in any capacity. Pastor Joshua, you can come because you volunteered, right? <clears throat> also, be in prayer for them. They get ready to leave tomorrow morning at what time? 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Headed to Jersey Shore to see Snooky. Okay. <laughs> That's not what they're going for, but they, they're going to spread the love of Jesus, um, and they need the prayers um, of protection, prayers of opportunity to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That's what we're called to be, right? Yes. 2 2020. And forward the vision and preparation. September the 5th, back to school, we'll back to church. Four, leadership and equipping strategies. Five, okay, I'll put another plug in right here, okay? <coughs> back to school bash, August the 17th. We're partnering with Engine United, and we will have a booth, and we are sponsor. And besides being a sponsor, we decided we've set a lofty goal of 600 three-binder notebooks, okay? Anybody done the math of 600? If we average 100 people, every man, woman, boy, and girl, how many notebooks is everybody responsible for? Somebody will tighten up. <laughs> I think we counted this morning, Chris, we had 43, correct? Okay, we got a long way to go. That 500, if my math's correct, 557. Six is life change. There are people that we are involved with that you know, that I know need a change. And that only comes from him, okay? Last plug, and then we'll get into what we want to talk about this morning. Number seven is camp meeting. August the 4th through the 11th, and guess what? It's just around the corner, right? So when you 
leave this morning, if you will, they signs at the back door, signs at the front door, pick one up and put it in a strategic location. What I need to pray for can't be favorable weather. Not 100 degrees, right? Now, if it's 100 degrees, we're coming in. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Okay. We ain't sitting out there sweat running, but we, um, we would love to have it out there. Um, it's a tradition. Been going on since 1925. Be playing for praying for the speaker um, and the activities at the end of the week. Okay, <clears throat> so here we are today. Okay, let me see how I want to start. It is a little tight. I agree with Carissa. It is a little tight in here. Okay, so everybody just take a deep breath. Everything's going to be all right. Okay. But she kind of set you up this morning. She gave you an opportunity to do what? To move, correct? This is about as mean as I'm gonna get this morning. Make yourself available. Because if you don't, guess what? God can't use you. Only when you step out can the God that's in you surface, right? And meet other people's needs. And it's kind of right where we're at this morning. It's amazing how God intertwines things. I'm going to read, oh, I'm going to start off like we normally, well, not like we normally end, but I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give you an opportunity to answer. I'm going to get you to bow your head and close your eyes, and I'm going to turn around like this so I can't see how you respond. Is that good? Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. And you can go ahead and bow your head. I'm going to turn around like this and close your eyes. If you love Jesus, Raise your hand. Now, don't do it out of conformity, but raise your hand. Okay, you can put them down. Okay, I'm turning around. Now, that's a loaded question. It's double barrel loaded. Okay. <clears throat> I've been going through a, starting to look through a book. Um, some of you have in this um, service today has, has already been through it. So I'm getting ready to go through it. And it's called Multiply, okay? It's by Francis Chan. And I'm gonna read just a section out of this book. It said, after Jesus rose from the grave, he left his followers with a simple command. Go into all the world and make disciples, okay? Matthew 28, 19. And the church should be known for this. Okay? If we're going to be called, if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, we should be making disciples. But most Christians today are known for making disciples. We have developed a culture where a minister ministers and the rest of us sit back and enjoy church from a comfortable distance. This is not what God intends for his church. Every Christian 
is called by God to minister. You are called to make disciples. And everybody said amen, right? That is God's call for us. <clears throat> I bought lunch today. Right there. I don't want to tip over. Camping's coming up, so I made me seven hot dogs. Happy home hot dogs. <clears throat> so I'm going to title this talk today, What's in Your Bag? Okay. I'm going to come out of a very familiar portion of scripture. Matter of fact, it's found in all four Gospels. One of the only miracles of Jesus Christ that's found in all four Gospels. Okay. Outside of the resurrection, it's the only one. Can anybody guess what it is? Do what? Yep. That's the, the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle of Jesus that's in all four Gospels. Okay. So what we're going to do is in Matthew 14, Luke 9, Mark 6, John 6. So if you will turn to Mark 6. part from Mark of the story and then I'm going to finish in John chapter 6 okay Mark 6 says and the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things both what they had done and what they had taught okay and he said to them come aside this is Jesus talking come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while but there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude <coughs> saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. And they arrived before them and came together to them. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd, so he began to teach them many things. And the day was now far spent. His disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go to the surrounding country and the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Okay. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Okay, and then we're going to John 6. And let's start with verse 8. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there were much grass in the place, so that the men sat down in the number of about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given th 
things, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. Likewise, the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. And these men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, Surely, for well, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Okay. So what we had in this um, storyline, Jesus has previously sent out his disciples. Walter several weeks ago talked about the call of them to be fishers of men. Um, hope y'all remember that message. So the background here is Jesus has sent out the twelve to go about doing the work of ministry. Okay. Just before this, John the Baptist, which came preaching and teaching that they were to repent, Herod beheaded him. Okay. And when the disciples brought news back to Jesus of what had happened, Jesus, for the purpose of not wanting to, I just saw the pastor walk in. Um, I reckon I saw the pastor walk in. Do I? Yeah, okay. So, so not to make the situation any worse, Jesus removed himself from the situation. Okay. And it says, the Bible says they went to a deserted place, okay? They took the boat and went to the other side, and the people saw Jesus and the disciples leave, okay? And they decided they were going to go to the other side and to meet him. Why? Because Jesus had something that they needed, okay? He was meeting their needs, okay? He was healing their sick, okay? He was raising their dead, right? And he was just meeting their needs. And guess what? We serve that same Jesus today that they served years ago. We have the same, if you are a child of God, you have the same ability in you that the disciples had. We need to get a hold of that people. If we get hold of it, when the people raise their hand, we wouldn't have to worry about where we've got enough people that's going to move to everybody as somebody that will pray for them. I said I want to get me. But see, that's where we're at. We, as children of the Most High God, we sell ourselves like short time and time and time again. Why? Because we doubt. We don't, we don't have the faith to step out in the authority that he has given us permission to step out into. This story here. Jesus, when he got to the other side, the multitude was coming to him. And Jesus, the Bible tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion. See, those people that went to the other side, they had to make an effort. They had to make an effort, right? Yes. And why did they make the effort? The same reason 
that I hope you made an effort this morning because you want to hear what the Lord had to say. You want to be a part of a community, and that's what we are. Because right. we depend one upon another, right? right. <clears throat> so this story here, we've got Jesus. Luke one thirty seven says that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. He spoke the world into beginning from nothing. Let there be light, and there was light. Let there be water, and there was water. Let there be dry land, and guess what? There was dry land. He can speak something from nothing. But he has chose to use you and I. From the very beginning, from Adam and Eve, he has chose to work through you and I, human beings, men and women, in his redemptive purposes. So I'm asking you again this morning, what's in your bag? What are you bringing with you today? Physically, I got seven hot dogs. Now, I was hoping Harry Ward would be here because in the day, it would take seven hot dogs to hold me and Harry on a lot of camping. <laughs> Five at four and two out. Sad to say, it's called up with us. Right? So, what's in your bag this morning? I got, I want to follow, most of the time, I just get up here and I don't follow notes, but I want to follow my notes this morning. But in this story, we got a lad with five loaves and two fishes. And he will be used. The disciples will be used, okay? I got wrote down here, God often begins with what we have if we offer it, okay? And Jesus... He takes what we bring to him and he multiplies it. Okay? 2 Kings 4, 1-4 talks about a woman whose husband is dead. She's got two sons. These two stories kind of similar to me. She's got two sons. And because she owes the bank or a creditor a whole lot of money, that creditor is coming to take her two sons to be slaves. And she calls the man of God. And she says, I need help. And he says, what can I do for you? What do you have in your house? And she says, I've got one thing of oil. Okay. Not much, right? And that's where we are so many times. We don't feel like we've got much to offer. But the prophet of God says, you go out and you send your two sons to your neighbors. And you get the vessels and you bring them back. And they went, and the Bible says they brought vessels back. Empty vessels. And out of that one insignificant jar of oil, what did she do? It says she poured it, and it kept pouring, and it filled this vessel up, and then it filled this vessel up. To all the vessels that her kids brought to her, they were full. We 
We need to get hold to what's in us. There's more available to us than we realize. It says here, Jesus saw potential in this situation, but what did his disciples see? The disciples saw the same things so many times we see, right? They see the situation. And most of the time, if we're not careful, we see a situation from what perspective? Our perspective or his perspective? We see it from ours. And that's, that's limiting us right there. When we see things from our perspective, we're limiting God. And that's what the disciples did. See, we, most of the time, we rely on the natural things and not on the spiritual things. Philip here in this story. Philip says... Shall we buy bread that these may eat? Okay. See, the disciples had already surveyed the situation. They, re they realized that these people were going to need something to eat. Okay. And he said, shall we go into the city and buy food? And he said it would take a 200 derriere, derriere, which is a half a year's wage, to feed that these people would just get a little bit to eat. Like I said, Philip was the logical one. Philip in his mind was saying, there ain't no way that we can do this. We can't afford it. We don't have the money. And there's no way we can do this. All of us have probably known Philip, right? We can't do it. Don't see how God's going to work it out. And then on the flip side of that coin, we probably been a Philip ourselves, right? When we sold God short. How often, we got a question. How often do we miss a miracle because we don't see the possibility? With God, nothing is impossible. Second Corinthians 2. 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God is the one who makes grace abound to us and provides sufficiency in all things. In God there is no lack, only potential. Only potential. So, what's in your bag this morning? And we're not talking about natural food. We're talking about the Christ that lives in you. Jesus already knew what he would do. But Jesus wanted to teach the disciples and the multitude a lesson. See, just like this morning when Carissa tried to get us to move, and most of us 
when we're told to move, it makes us uncomfortable, right? When Pastor Walter will give us five minutes to go around and shake other people's hand, some of us are terrified. Some of us don't move, right? Because we're out of our comfort zone. For God to use you, guess what? You will get out of your comfort zone. He will stretch you in ways that you don't know you can be stretched. But see, most of the time, God's going to use what we already got. He's going to use our ability. But what's more important than your ability, and all of us have ability, is your availability, right? That you step up. One of the prayer points that we've got is volunteers, right? There are people, Chris, we need help, right? We need people that's going to put their stuff out there. See, when Moses was called by God to lead the children of Israel, Moses, what did he begin to do? He began to make excuses, right? I can't do it. I don't have, I, I can't speak. And what did God say? What's in your hand? What's in your bag? God says, you take your staff and you lay it down. We know the story. See, God, this day, this hour, wants you and I to do what? To step up and get out of the four walls of this church. To do what? To meet the needs of those that are around us. This lad here, he packed his lunch. <clears throat> I was when I was thinking about this lesson, when I was growing up, you could take a key and the kid could leave home and his mom and dad not see him the rest of the day and he could be I remember when I was growing up, me and Ricky, we would either in the swamp, we would cut the trees down, and we wouldn't our mom and dad might not see us the whole day until it was supper time. I can't imagine here in this story, I'm going to call this lad a little Johnny. And I was so aggravated to my mama, or mean to my not, not mean to my mama, but I was a Johnny. I just put it like that. She probably said, here, Johnny, you go with Jesus. I'm going to pack your lunch. Don't come back to dark. But when I read that story, there's some things about the story that I don't understand. Why was there only one mom? A one person out of 10,000 that made preparation to give God something to work with. 
just one person. See, that makes, uh, makes me know that how insignificant I think I am in the kingdom of God. With God on my side, guess what? I can be a David. I can conquer a Goliath. And the list could go on and go on and go on. But the Bible says that Jesus told them to bring the five loaves and the two fish and seen the boy give his lunch willingly, right? Now, if I was, if I'd done a long excursion and I just had five loaves and two fishes, I wouldn't be too excited about sharing with you. Because I'm hungry, nature. But the lad gave what he had willingly to God. And guess what? That's what he wants you and I to do. The little bit that's in us is kind of like that oil. Once what's already in us, and if you are a child of God, something is in there. Something is already bubbling. But once you get out of your comfort zone and you step out and you begin to share, guess what? There's another supply that comes. I read that scripture. He said that he that gives seed to the sower, right, will multiply it. Then it says here that Jesus, in verse 11, it says, And when Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. Okay? Another thing I take away, he's using people here that didn't even see any possibility of him meeting that need. It says that he blessed it, he distributed it to disciples, and you and I are disciples. And what did I read out of this book about multiply? What do disciples do? What do disciples do? They make disciples. And you say, well, how do I make a disciple? Do what? Quality time. That's you spending time with somebody else and you sharing with them what God's done in your life. Not preaching to them, but sharing with them the experience that God has done in your life. So here we have the disciples who just a few scriptures earlier saw no way, no how that this need could be met. Okay. Now, we know the end of the story, right? Everybody got fed. Everybody got their need met. And there was something left over, right? Now, when they started, have you ever really thought about this? When they started passing out those five loaves and two fishes that had been blessed, did they have a whole basket full? I don't think so. 
I think when they started walking and passed in there, that what they had in each basket was a meager portion. But when somebody took something out, the supply was replenished. To the scripture says, so when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain. That scripture here says that they were filled. When you leave the dinner table and you are filled, most of us really have had more than we need, right? Because we eat so fast, our brain don't have any opportunity to tell us we need to slow down and tell enough, right? But these 5,000 men plus women and children, scripture says they were filled. So they gathered the fragments. And I read out of John's Gospel because John's Gospel, I finished the thing because John's Gospel is the only one that says this. So that nothing is lost. God's intent is for everybody to make it to heaven. That none, no one, no one that you know, that you're associated with in your family or in your enemy, no one is to be lost. But how does that work? You've got people, I've got people that I invite to church every time we have something and they don't show up. And sometimes I said, I'm going to quit wasting my breath. You ever been like that? I ain't asking no more. I'm going to find somebody else to pick on. But the more I think about that, Me winning them may not happen right here. They may never come here. But when I give them what's in me, there's a difference that can be made. I asked you a question at the beginning of service. How many here love Jesus, right? And I turned my back so I wouldn't see who raised their hand so you want to think I was picking on you? But I want to end this morning. Reading out of John 21, chapter 15. I mean, 21, verse 15. Very familiar portion of scripture. And when they had eaten breakfast, this is when Jesus restores Peter. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, 
son Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now, I'm not going to get into all the, the things of the scripture, but there was two different words for love used here. One was agape love, which is a love that God has for us. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that will cost you something. It may cost you your time. It may cost you your energy. probably cost you your money. But it's a sacrificial love. And every time Peter answered the question, he didn't answer it with the same love that Jesus was talking about. He answered him with a word called phileo, which is a brotherly love. You know I love you. But all three times Jesus told him that he needed to feed his sheep or to feed his lambs. See, I read that thing out of the book to start off with. See, most of us and most of the church is drawn from what the Great Commission is. That we go and make disciples of all the nations. So I reckon the takeaway from this is God's calling you to be something maybe you don't even want to be. Maybe you don't want to be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you should. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you in your life. Amen. You tell me one thing's better. It ain't. There's nothing. <laughs> the day that your sins are forgiven. So, I'm going to close. I'm going to ask you again what's in your bag. I intended, I thought I had one. I intended, most of us in here are not old enough to remember when we picked cotton by hands. Anybody in here ever pick cotton? Okay. I see four or five. I tried it. I remember daddy weighing it out, but then sacks they used to put cotton in was great big. And my intent, I thought, I still think I got one. I did since we got one, but I couldn't put my hand on it. I was going to bring that bag, and I was going to get in that bag this morning. Because that's what God's calling us to do. God's calling us to put ourselves in a place that he can use us. On your job, in your house, riding down the road, talking to a friend, fishing, hunting, and the list can go on. But it's calling us to be disciple makers. And I hope today that you don't take for granted the Christ that is in you.
because I promise you, if you move, he'll move right with you. If you're doing what he's calling you to do. Because see, where there's life, there's movement. Gab sends us pictures all the time of her belly in this pregnancy. And that little thing is just kicking this way or doing this way. Because why? There's life there. It's wanting to get out. And that's the way the Christ that's in us. It should be kicking. It should be prodding to get out. Why? Because it's the greatest story that's ever been told. Yes. I've asked Beth to play a song. And we're gonna we're gonna dismiss in a minute. I know how it is if I dismiss or Walter dismiss. The first thing we do is head for the door, right? But I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. If you want to offer, if you'll tell God, you're not going to get my hot dogs. <laughs> if you want to offer to God this morning, I don't want you to do it out of conformity. If your neighbor gets up and comes, or if nobody gets up and comes. I'm going to give you an opportunity for you to say, God, I want you to use me. I want you to take me out of my comfort zone. That's where all of us need to be. We've been comfortable with the church way too long. When I say the church, I'm just talking about happy. I'm talking about the church worldwide. We've been comfortable way too long when the world is headed to hell in a handbasket. <coughs> and it ain't right, people. God's calling us. Beth, you play that song, and if you feel like you need to respond, the offer's up. <laughs>